that your kingdom is here, you're with us, that you speak to us, that you give us ears to hear. We love you, Lord. Reveal yourself today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I was talking with John right there at the very end. I think it's a little hot right now. And uh, uh, I am the the guest speaker today because uh, we had an event happen the last couple of days. Let me see. There it is. And uh, uh, (laughs) Lux Harding Bianchi was born on Friday. So uh, I picked up the baby and enjoyed holding him and looking at him, and he'd kind of look at me every once in a while, and Sarah was going, oh, Mark, you know, you're so good as a dad, you hold the baby. I said, no, it's, I think it's more grandfather, not father, you know, I just make sure we get that identity clear this season of my life. And uh, so, anyway, wonderful. Is there a closer one of him? Nope, didn't make it. All right. I had a more where he was prominent. I think I had a photo. Um, anyway, I was standing next to John just a moment ago, and uh, uh, head's not always clear. And I said, uh, "Is this the last song?" He said, "Look for Becky. She's going to give you the signal. You know, it's it's, bought, it's a you know baseball season's up. She's going to go." So uh, anyway, Becky, I didn't get the signal. So. Uh, um, all right, today I am going to share about something that I'm passionate about, very excited, and it fits in line with our sermon series on the uh, what if, and uh, I'm not, it's not a really good what if in a sense of having it being apologetic, because I'm, I'm pretty confident this is, this is not a what if, it's heaven. We're going to talk about heaven today, and, and it's, um, I, I, this is so clear in my mind, in my emotions. I'm not going to be sharing too much of two sides of it. I'm going to be pretty full on. We're talking about heaven, the reality of heaven today. And, uh, you know, the older you get, the more the value of heaven grows in your life. I called my dad this morning, or he called me, and, uh, how you doing? And my dad's 77. And I said, well, I'm going to be talking about heaven today. Oh, that's a great message. And he's getting books. Anytime something in heaven comes out, my dad's totally into it. And uh, uh, I think that at times I, when I was younger, I thought, oh, that's like an escape. Talking about heaven is, is you're not dealing with reality now. You're ready for the game to be over. And you've checked out. And uh, that's not what I'm doing today. We're going to talk about not escaping, but about a reality that brings us confidence of what we're supposed to be doing in this life, a reality that gives us comfort. You're watching, aren't you, where my feet are going down here? I've got to kick the water over. Like, is he going to do it? (laughs) Yeah, good thing you looked down right then. You saved me out. <laughs> so, here we go. We're going to talk about where heaven is. We're going to talk about what heaven looks like, and we're going to talk about what heaven feels like. Does that sound good? 
Okay. So, where is heaven? Our Father, who art? It's the place of the throne of God. It is the center of all reality. It is the core of everything that is, both visible and invisible. It's uh, our Father in heaven. It is the place of His throne. And it's the realm of the Spirit. It's in the core of the realm of the Spirit. One of my favorite passages is out of Hebrews chapter 12, that it talks about a great cloud of witnesses that surround us. And uh, I don't know if you, know, you kind of attach things to your imagination that you don't really have locked into reality. The fact that angels are here in this room. There could be demonic spirits that are here in this place. There's a, there are uh, certainly our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit see us. They see into this realm right now. And there, in Hebrews chapter 12, we see that there are others that have gone on before us that are seeing us right now. So where are they? It says they're here. Now, how do we get our, uh, our grid, our, our brains wrapped around that? And uh, uh, basically, I want to tell you that everything that is seen is subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal. So the invisible realm is what we are within. They see us, but we can't see them. Can any of you all see them? Some of you might be able to see that direction. No, not many of you raising your hands right now. Now, we are within the spirit realm. And heaven is not the other side of Pluto. And hell is not in the core of the earth. It is another realm. And a little scientific concept that helps me get my mind around this. What happens to something when it goes faster than the speed of light? I don't know. (laughs) But I think, you know, I've got to put that caveat on there. A scientist, a physicist is going to come to me afterwards and straighten me out, and that'll be a wonderful thing. I need that. But... um, uh, it disappears. It moves into another realm. It moves into the realm of light. And so the speed, the, the dimensions of heaven are invisible. And it's here. Jesus said, the, it's here. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's near you. It's right. And so it's not way out there. So where is heaven? It's not this geographic location, it's another realm. And it is around us. We are within that. And it is the place that Jesus is preparing for us. In John chapter 14, he said, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. can't remember who the, I think it was a Keith Green song, and said, uh, in, in, in seven days he created earth, but he's been working on heaven 2,000 years. Imagine, you know, we, we think of this earth with its complications and the difficulties, but there's also great beauty here. And imagine him putting his hand to something, magnitudes of beauty. And amazingness higher 
That is that is where heaven is. This place that is being prepared. And what does it look like? And the book of Revelation talks about certain things that, again, you know, there are certain literary phrases that have gotten embedded in our culture that you have no clue where that came from. Streets of gold. Anybody ever heard that heaven has streets of gold? So, well, that's in the book of Revelation 21, 21. And not only does it have streets of gold, but the gates, the doors are huge pearls. You know, what, how does that work? Where's the handle on that? You know, you got a motion sensitivity. What's going on there? Kind of big round thing. You know, I'm, I'm not quite sure about that, but I, it sounds pretty awesome, pretty amazing. And, but, but this gold is not just gold. It is so pure, it's like transparent glass. Woo! Crazy. What does it look like? It's fully diverse. In Revelation 7, 9, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. So, we could set up people that look alike up front in this room and still not be speaking the same language. We could put up people here that are from the same nation, but they don't have the same culture. And <clears throat> heaven has every one of those flavors and blends. You're represented there. Your culture. There's someone like you that's going to be there. And we want them in great numbers. Massive representation. You know, it's, it's, it helps me to have some statistics every once in a while to understand this. You realize that there are more Spanish-speaking believers in the world today than there are English-speaking believers? Do you know what the place where the church is growing the most intensely, where we'd say, whoa, that's church? Latin America, Africa, Asia. In fact, we are in the West... You know, it's, we're looking in over there, trusting in our own intellects and our knowledge and our, our science, and they are living in the spirit realm and seeing the kingdom advance. Amazing. Fully diverse. Heaven is a place, what does it look like? Awesome special effects. James Cameron, I'd love him to get a hold of this. Out of Ezekiel. Could you see this? Okay. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north. Okay, let's turn on our imagination. Get your little goggles on. Your 3D things happening right now. Your imagination. You want to think about things that are excellent and true and pure and noble and worthy of praise? Think about this kind of stuff. Meditate on this. Hey, can I get the movie of this playing in my brain? An immense cloud with flashing lightning surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was like that of a man, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Okay, just take that in. Four faces, four wings. Okay. Their legs were straight. I don't know why that's important. Their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. 
Under their wings on their four sides they had the hands of a man. All four of them had faces and wings and their wings touched one another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. You know, I'm just, again, my imagination is trying to grab a hold of this. So they, are, they didn't turn as they moved. They were... Okay. Their faces looked like this. I'm going to move up to the 10th verse. So I'm just saying crazy stuff. If we were looking at heaven, you'd be going, whoa. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a man on the right side, had the face of a lion on the left, the face of an ox, on, also had the face of an eagle. I, maybe not very attractive, but amazing. Thirteenth verse, the appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. And spread above the heads, moving into the twenty-second verse, of the living creatures was what looked like an expanse sparkling light ice. And I love this. It's injected and awesome. Under the expanse, their wings were stretched out to one another, and each had two wings covering its body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings, like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. So, James Cameron, throwing down, see what you can do. It's crazy. You know, we're thinking about heaven, and even as a little kid, like, oh, heaven, they're going to be singing songs and nice little angels around. It is blow your mind. Anybody that's had any kind of a story, people that have had uh, near-death experiences talk about heaven, they're saying unimaginable colors, sounds and things and experiences and smells that we don't have phrases for in this life. We don't have the ability to describe what's happening there. So we put all this other stuff in there. You know, in my, I say, my extra biblical imagination. So this is not written anywhere, but it's just me walking through the woods one day thinking, heaven, heaven, what's it like? And thinking about the concept of timelessness and, uh, you know, predestination, uh, you know, trying to looking at all these different things. How does God see this whole thing? I believe in heaven, it's like one great big reel that we can look down into. And you can look into time from outside of time and see different events, all of history of this, this great theater that's being played out before eternity. Does that sound interesting to you? Any history buffs that think that would kind of be cool? I do. And there's lots of worship. When we see into heaven, we're seeing not any specific form of worship. We're not going, oh, heaven's two and four. I know I was right. You know, it is diverse, clear, expressive, and there is a single focus that's happening. Because the most beautiful, most amazing most brilliant, blinding one of all is there in the center. And you can't keep your eyes off him. Cannot divert your eyes. He's beyond imagination. And what will it feel like 
What will heaven feel like? First, I want to tell you, it's going to be safe. It's separation from evil, injustice, temptation, anger, loneliness, racism. Justice is going to roll down like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. There's a river through that place. I got it that time. That makes glad the city of God. There's a river in, in the middle of that. And in that place, there's a peace between every entity, every part of creation. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The calf and the lion, the yearling together, and a little child, a little child in front of those animals, those carnivores, right in front of them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down, their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw. There will all be vegetarians in heaven, it looks like. <laughs> At least the animals will be. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. Just imagine that, mothers. Just think heaven. My children playing with snakes. What peaceful thoughts that brings to your heart. Ultimate comfort, that's what it's going to feel like. You know, the things in your life, that hole, when you're all alone, that you feel that you don't know how to plug that hole, it's going to be plugged. That place of pain, that place of like, I'm not okay. Not there anymore. Ultimate comfort. You know, he knows every hair on your head. I usually look for someone that has the least amount of hair at this moment, you know. He knows those hairs. And he knows every tear you've ever cried. Revelations 21.4. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. And there's a passage that talks about people that experience more pain than anyone and pain purposefully in this life. In Revelation chapter 7, 17, 15 through 17, there before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in the temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. You know what that means? It's, it's the covering, the covering of our Father. He's, he's saying, I'm home for you. I'm, this is where you belong. You belong with me. I'm going to say, you're, you're in my tent. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them. <clears throat> now, it, we want the sun to beat on us right now, I realize. <laughs> but he's speaking to people that always have the sun beating on them, and they're tired of that. 
nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb is at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He'll lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know, there's so much pain that we live in. And the modern technology is interesting. I don't know how many of you have ever asked this. Certainly if you're older, you, you, you've asked this question sitting at a table or something like, was there all this much stuff going on before and we just didn't have video of it? Because now we're, we're at a place where we experience every pain in the world. We're, we don't get to just experience our pain. We don't get to just experience what's happened at our school, in our neighborhood. We get to experience the pain of the entire world on a regular basis. And I don't know about you, but that makes it hard to get out of bed for me sometimes in the morning. It's like, ah, uh, he's going to wipe that, that away. If you right now could express the emotions of that pain, he'd just take you in his arms and wipe those tears away. Now, in your life, you've had enough pain. Each one of you. You know, everyone has a story. Every one of you has some place where there's been shame, where there's been failure, where there's been something that was taken from you. There's, in this crowd, a high percentage of people have been abused by someone that they trusted. Jesus is going to take you into the safest place and comfort you. He does that now, but I'm going to tell you, it's constant. This is heaven. There's no more confusion. No more lack of understanding. You'll be known for who you really are. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, now we see. Now, these are guys that have walked with Jesus. They saw a lot of stuff face to face. And Paul had multiple revelations of Jesus. And he's saying, you know, it, Paul, actually, he had already visited heaven a couple of times while walking on this earth. Now, interesting. And he's saying, I'm not seeing that clearly. Then we'll see face to face. We're going to see Jesus face to face in heaven. And you will be known. I shall know them fully, even as I am fully known. Just fully known. I don't know about you, but that sounds like true love to me. What are you looking for in this life? Someone that really, really knows you and accepts you. That's heaven. And it's going to feel like coming home. Now, when we lived in Indonesia, uh, I would speak to people in our, uh, we had a, an expatriate community as well as our uh, Indonesian community that we work with. And when I would speak to this multinational group and talk to them, we were all very far away from our parents and extended family. And we lived with this sense that 
so strong, so intense at times of, I don't have a home. I don't belong here. I don't belong there. I don't know where I am. And our whole purpose for going to another country, which is share Jesus, we knew meant leaving those things and moving to a place that was emotionally difficult. That was part of the sacrifice. I would say that was our biggest sacrifice. And so we struggled with this concept. What is home? Anybody that has lived as a third culture kid or lived in between worlds, like, do I fit here? Do these people really see me? You say, there's, some, there's this thing in our minds, in the back of our minds, like, I'm looking for home. Where is that? Where's the place that's like, I can be me, I'm there. First Peter chapter 2 talks about us being strangers and aliens in this life. And so we could identify with that and say, yeah, I'm, I'm strange. In fact, I'm an alien. Just wanted to share that with you. And in my mind, when I think about those things, I go to a place of, of great comfort, and it's a, a place called Birchwood, Tennessee. My parents moved to a little town when I was in college that had more cows than people. And you didn't get your mail delivered to your house. It was at the post office, and you drove down there to get your mail. There's one, one gas station. There's no stoplights. <clears throat> A lot of farmers, a really beautiful community. Uh, I worked on a farm there one summer, um, and I, that was home for me for about 10 years, which is the longest, up to that time, that was the longest time I'd ever had a home, because I moved 11 times before I graduated from high school. So home was a real complicated concept for me. Where is home? And so... During college, I, would, I went to college in Texas, and it took me 16 hours to get home. And many times I did what people told me not to do. I got somebody, and we drove through the night, went the whole way. But other times, I did what my mother told me to do and stopped halfway and spent the night somewhere. But that last five miles, I turn off Highway 58 and on to Highway 60 again. There's one gas station there. I know the guy that worked at the gas station. And they knew me. They knew I drove a yellow Capri. Mark's home. And it's in the middle of May, and all the grass is about three feet high on both sides of the road. There's a thing called a bush hog that they run down the highway to mow that tall grass. It's those, those great big mowers they pull behind tractors. And I, would, I felt like I, that last bit, I was coming into a tunnel. And I'm, I'm driving in, and I, it's, this, uh, it's gorgeous. It's farmland. And, uh, and there's different people that I can see as I go along. And they'd wave at me. Mark's home. And at the end of that is my mom and dad. 
And we've all had different situations happen in our lives with our parents. You know, it's, it is not a simple story. But my mom and, and daddy love me. My mama's from Louisiana. And she's a southern belle. And she can cook real good. And she always had my favorite food waiting for me when I was coming in that door. So I'm driving down, waving at people. Just I roll the windows down. They used to roll windows down. <laughs> and I'm smelling sometimes fresh mown grass. I'm seeing everything in nature alive. And I'm coming home to my mom and dad and my dog. And I know Hack Pierce is there. He's at the, the post office. And there's Mrs. Sanders. She's got 13 acres of strawberries that she lets me help pick. And I can eat as many as I want. I'm coming home. I've been gone for months. And it's like, I just finished finals. I'm worn out. And I just need to be home for a little while. That's heaven. Heaven is, you're going to be home. You're going to be there. You're going to feel comfort. All of this angst that we have, all of this fight that we have in this life, that we're trying to resolve. So what are we doing here? We're doing what Jesus did. We're bringing heaven to earth. He said, this is what my father is like. This is what's happened around his throne. This is the character that's being revealed. This is what is excellent and true and perfect. Sickness? No. Bitterness? No. Racism? No. And he's called us to do the same. He wants you to bring heaven here right now. You got to see it, though. You got to taste it. You got to smell it. You got to see Jesus is who he said he is. And who, where his throne is, is the core, the center of all that exists. From the beginning of time before there ever was time until the end of time, until it all burns up. And what are we doing here in this life? We are capturing affection for Jesus. We're bringing, we're looking for places where worship doesn't exist right now so that worship can exist there. We're looking for places that are broken so that there can be wholeness. And I want to tell you, this takes nerve. This takes boldness to walk into places that may not always want you there because that's all they've ever known. Brokenness is what home is. And, 
If you take away my brokenness, you're taking away part of my identity. And Jesus is... But He went there. He went there. And He's calling us to do the same. So I'm, I'm trying to throw salt on you this morning to make you thirsty. I'm trying to wave some... You know, not for the vegetarians, be quiet. But, but just some big raw ribeyes in front of you. John gets it. Raw ribeye John. Yeah, he's smiling. Okay. Anybody else? Like, I mean, medium well, medium, that had to be raw. A hunger for eternity. And what I, I can see in some of your faces is you need that comfort. You need it. It's not, it's not putting off responsibility in this life. It's not denying reality. It is saying there is a greater reality. And that's where my head is. That's where my heart is. That is what I'm living out of. And bringing that in to people who are giving me a stiff arm, who are pushing back, why? Because it challenges their reality. And some of it is because they're going to have to face pain. They're going to have to face lies. They're going to have to face different family members that they've not wanted to deal with. Because heaven comes in, levels the playing field, opens up, so that we see what really is there, so that what is not there can come into fruition. Will you stand up with me right now? So, yeah, great. Worship team, please come up here. So, why not go for it? If you die, you go to heaven. Why not take some chances in this life? And the chances that you're taking are not chances of vindictiveness, not chances of payback. They're about living a sacrificial life that communicates love, even if you're rejected. Pushing into situations where, because of love, you're willing to face some pain in other people's lives and bring healing. So we're going to worship right now, and I want you to open up. Begin to pray. Jesus, reveal yourself to me. How many of you are attracted to heaven? Anybody in here say, I am kind of attracted to that picture? There's a few of you. We want to see you, Lord. We want to see you, Lord Jesus. We want to see heaven. We want to live out the reality of heaven. Lord, we need comfort this morning. Some of us, it's different places we're at. It's, it's not good. Come, Jesus. Come, comfort your Holy Spirit. And bring your healing now. For those of you who have lost purpose, don't know where you're going, give them an ultimate purpose, Jesus, right now. Give them destiny purpose right now that comes 
from knowing what eternity is like and tasting that, moving in toward it. Just say, yes, Jesus. If you're Russian, say, da Gospod. people over on the left here you know um, some of our faith group leaders and I want that's the thing that I'm feeling most right now for people to be comforted you need to know that you're seen by God you need to know who he is Coaxums could you come over and join these guys or y'all be over on this side you want to as you're praying for heaven to come and you're feeling actually in this moment the biggest contrast between the reality of this picture that I've shared and what you're living in, I want to call you to be comforted. That could be right where you're at, not trying to embarrass anyone, but if you'd like someone that has authority in prayer, it could be the person standing next to you, it could be someone right up here. Just pray with them this morning, okay? We're going to ask heaven to come down to be real in our lives.